0: So now as I invite Nathan forward to bring us a message from the Word of God, I did forget to mention, there is a luncheon afterwards for this Missionary Sunday. So as we invite Nathan, one of our mission partners, to bring us the Word, I hope you'll all join us afterwards. Thank you, Nathan. Let's pray. Good morning. Father God, we just thank you for This day, Lord, we thank you for this chance to gather in your house and just be um, encouraged by your words, encouraged by um, just this message of resurrection, this message of victory, of life over death, of good over evil, of you over sin. And so we just ask that you would allow this to sink more deeply into our hearts, Lord. We know that this is the core of what we believe. Uh, We just ask that you would help us to live from this truth, Lord, that we would be carried forward um, as we leave here, Lord, in each day, um, just exuding the light and life that we have in you and through you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, good morning. Um, uh, I'm Nate Sove, I'm a fifth grade pa- uh, teacher at Holmesburg Christian Academy. Um, I just want to thank you all for inviting me to speak here and be a part of your um, gathering this morning. Um, so normally I teach 10-year-olds, um, and so I'm going to try and raise the bar a little bit here. Um, I'm not going to try too hard, so just, uh-huh. just enjoy this uh, time together. Um, let me read the passage for today. Uh, we're looking at Mark um, 16, 1 through 8, and then I'll get talk a little bit more about myself. Um, actually, let's do that now. Um, so I've been teaching at Homesboro Christian Academy for two years now. Um, previously I've been living in Chicago as a pastor there in an Indian congregation. Um, went to, uh, Trinity International University, um, got my MDiv there. And while I was there, had a chance to work with an Indian Christian church, um, and it was a great experience. I uh, just learned a lot about what God is doing globally um, and the way that the gospel is going forth in places that it formerly hasn't, in the global um, south and east. Um, yeah, and just seeing how God has been at work in so many different places and cultures. Um, my wife and I actually went to Belgium for two years right before we came here um, and lived there. Um, through COVID, Uh, so not exactly what we signed up for, Um, but yeah, we're able to to be there, um, be a part of a very international church there before coming back to the Philadelphia area. Um, And so we came to this area to be closer to family. Um, We have family in Maryland and New York, and we're now right in the middle, so a perfect fit for us, Um, have been blessed on our return. Um, God has just put us in a great church. Our kids are thriving. We have four children. My first is going to go to college uh, this fall. Um, and all I can say is God is good. Um, there was times when, you know, we were just worried about, about him and just, uh, you know, going through those teen years, figuring things out. Um, but since we've been back, God has just really turned his life and he's like following after Jesus leads the, the Bible club at his um, Christian it is a public school. And yeah, just God has been very good to us. And we're so happy to be in the Philadelphia area. And I'm happy to be serving in this inner city ministry. Um, Holmesburg Christian Academy um, is a light in a dark place. Um, Our uh, students match our community around us. Um, A lot of them come from uh, broken homes. Um, Parents who've been in prison or been lost to gang violence. Um, Parents who are just absent. And so the work that we do, uh, the work that we do because of your um, giving and your uh, support of this school is essential. As I said, it's a light in a dark place. Um, some of our students have a familiarity with church. They've gone to church, but they don't regularly go. And so we're the place that they get to hear about Jesus and what he's done for them. We're their, not only their teachers, but pastors, mentors, counselors, um, People that just go through life with them. Um, and we wouldn't be able to do that without your support. And so thank you for supporting this ministry and all the ministries that you do. Because um, this is missionary work, right? Being where we are um, in the school that we're, we're, like being in Holmesburg, reaching out to the community there. Um, it is God's work in a dark place. And so I just want to thank you so much for supporting that and giving me the chance to just share about Holmesburg Christian and then from God's work. Um, so with that, let's read through, uh, Mark 16, 1 through eight. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw the stone had been rolled back. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. All right. So we're just gonna kind of going to walk through this story, um, right? It's, it's a resurrection story. It's a very familiar story. We don't often uh, go at the resurrection story from the book of Mark, because um, it kind of ends in a funny way. Um, we'll talk about that as we get there. But I just want to um, talk about why we're, we're just like sitting in the resurrection, why we're sitting in this Easter story. Um, I think it's because in, in America we can very quickly just move on to what's the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and we're always looking ahead where the, the gospel is, is keyed on this and everything from the beginning to the end of the gospel says look at the resurrection, look what Jesus accomplished on the cross and by this victory of life over death. So, in this Easter season, I just want to sit in this story and not just let it pass by until we get to, the, to it to the next time, right? So, um, yeah, I just want to honor and remember what Jesus has done um, for this season and not go quick, too quickly on to, okay, how do we apply this. So, let's, let's look at this passage again. We're going to slow it down a little bit. Okay, so when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene married the mother of James and suddenly brought spices so they might go and anoint him. Right, so on Good Friday, um, Jesus is laying in the tomb, um, and the women are going to complete what they've started. Right? They were there. They saw the stone roll. They started to do this, uh, this act of preparing Jesus' body, and then um, the, the Sabbath begins. The sun goes out and the Sabbath begins, and so they have to stop their work, and so they're planning to come back as soon as they can at that moment, and so they set out ready to accomplish what they've already done. And and the the passage is doing a a couple things here, right? One, it's saying that um, we see in all of these passages that women are the first people to account for this, right? The first people to to see what happened are the women, which doesn't necessarily make sense. If you're trying to make this up, right, you're not going to start with women being the first testimony because their testimony didn't count in Jewish culture, right? So, the fact that each of these uh, passages, starts with women sharing this, if you're trying to just like score points, you're not going to include the fact that women were there first because you're not going to get any points for that. Right? The only reason you would start every one of these passages with the women testifying to the fact that Jesus wasn't there is because that's what happened. Right? The women were the first ones to go and see what was going on. And they were the ones who were the last ones to see what had happened. Right? The other disciples have scattered their... Um, just all over the place, hiding because they're afraid. But the women were there, and the women went to the tomb, and the women saw the, the stone rolled in the way. And the women are coming back to finish the job and prepare Jesus' body. So they're going right fairly early, very early on the first day of the week. Um, they go, and as, on their way, they're like, "We got a little problem here, right? There's this big stone." But they're, they're, they don't like worry about the problem. They're women. They're going to figure this out, right? It's, it's not a big deal. We're, yes, there's a big stone, but don't worry. We're going to handle this part, right? Because they're women. They're going to deal with it. Um, and so when they get here, problem's already solved. Um, not in the way they anticipated, right? Probably not with their plan in mind. But the stone has been rolled away. The problem they're trying, they, they think they need to overcome has already been overcome for them. Um, so who will roll, roll away the stone for us? Looking back, they saw the stone had been rolled back, and it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. Right? This is always the case when people come into contact with a heavenly being, fear. Right? This is something totally other and different. Anytime you would come into, like, oftentimes they're, you know, blazing, huge, just, like, shining, um, the presence of of God are just exuding this light. People fall to their faces crying out and afraid. And always the response is, don't be afraid, right? <laughs> don't be alarmed. You see Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Um, the, the, he was crucified, right? So if we're talking about this much in my fifth grade English class, right? Was crucified. Um, it's a helping verb, and then it's past tense. Was crucified. But he has risen, right? His present tense is now he's alive. He was dead, now he's alive. Um, And so, uh, he is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. Um, And so we're just going to stop and and talk about the resurrection for just a moment. Um, What happened in in that change from was crucified, he was dead, to now what he is, alive. Um, Well, the resurrection means that Jesus was declared to be the son of God with power. that's from Romans 1, 4. Um, That when Jesus rose from the dead, it was the power of God at work in him. And so that shows that he was who he claimed to be. That he was sinless. That he was holy. That he alone could bear the weight of sin and overcome that sin. And so Jesus rose from the dead by the power of God so that we too might have life. And this demonstrates the fact that everything he said, everything the Bible said about him is true. And so that power that was at work in him is now available to us. And we too will be raised from the dead because of the power of God. It gives us assurance, right, of of that resurrection that because he died, we, uh, and and rose again, we too will um, die and rise rise again in 1 Thessalonians 4.14, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus, right? So that's the same thing that happened in Christ and through Christ will happen to us. Um, that, that we have a, a different message of, of hope. Um, most um, philosophies or ideas are that these, these bodies pass away and then we exist in kind of some spiritual plane, Right? Um, we just, our, our spirits go to heaven, our bodies stay buried in the earth. But the Christian message is that we will be bodily resurrected when Jesus comes and restores a new heaven and a new earth. Um, we'll be given new glorified bodies, and they'll be different, right? Jesus was able to just like appear places, go through walls, do, do things that we physically can't do, but he still had a physical body. He was able to eat, and the scars were still upon him. Um, So we have this this different hope that um, we're not just going to be some disembodied spiritual beings, but we're going to be resurrected, each with our own unique um, identity, right? Like um, in Hindu faith, when you join, when you go to a Nirvana, um, you just become part of, you're like a drop returning to the ocean is kind of the idea, right? You lose anything that makes you you, you just become part of this, um, of of what is eternal. Um, Whereas the Christian message is very different, right? That there's, from eternity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? From eternity, there's there's individuality, but there's this union. And so when God makes us as his sons and daughters, and he makes us his children, he um, resurrects us, we have a different relationship. There's this unity, there's this oneness that we have with God, but we're still individuals. And that's a beautiful picture of, of what the church is supposed to be right now, right? The church is, is a a, diver- a unity in, in its diversity. God has made us all different with different gifts and a different role to play. Um, and and so, yeah, we, we get to live in who God has made us to be. Um, and he reunites us with himself in that resurrection. Um, So anyway, he has an eternal plan for our bodies and for our spirit and for each one of us. Um, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, as we said in our creed today, right? He's continuing his ministry. He's still at work in this world. He's still at work in each one of us um, through the power of the spirit, right? Um, And then, yeah, I think uh, the death of Jesus on the cross was the payment, right? He paid for our sins. He paid for um, our rebellion and the the cost that comes from this um, turning from God. But his resurrection is the receipt, right? Transaction completed. Um, When he uh, rises from the dead, it is finished, it is accomplished. And this resurrection gives us hope for new life. Um, And so this is what the resurrection accomplishes, right? That this is the news, the, the the Angel tells the women to go tell, right? It says, go tell his disciples, or another version, go tell the brothers and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you, right? He's, Jesus has been saying this all along. Now he's risen from the dead. Go tell. That's, our, that's the calling in all of the Gospels, right? Every one of the Gospels ends with this, this commission to go and tell the world, right? Be missionaries. So what did the women do? They went out, fled from the tomb, for trembling and aston- astonishment had seized them. They said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. That's actually where the original, I mean, if you look in your Bible, it probably says some of the earliest manuscripts do not include 16, 9 through 20. Um, and because of the science of textual criticism, we know that these were added later, Because if you read this, you're like, it it can't just end there, right? The story doesn't end there. It doesn't end with them saying nothing to anyone. We know from the other passages, we know from the fact that somehow we know this, that it didn't end there. And I think what happened is someone with those feelings, that it couldn't end there, wrote this in and then people were like, well, it's got to be this ending, but the reality is we look at the earliest manuscripts, and these ones are pretty early, 16.9 um, through 20. Um, 18 is quoted by Justin Martyr in 150 AD. So these are quoted from pretty early on, but I think the original um, ends at, at 8. And again, this is, this is um, from textual criticism. As we look back, we want to be honest about what we actually received from the disciples. And so there's, pla- there's other places in the Bible where there might be um, um, things that, like this, where we're like, well, this wasn't in one of the original, original um, texts. Um, and from that, from using textual criticism, this is the science of understanding what was originally there, when we look back at the earliest things, we can know, um, Bruce Metzger says that everything that's in the Bible, everything theological that we know is what we found in the original texts. Um, there might be some places where it says like Christ Jesus instead of Jesus Christ in some early texts, but think nothing that impacts our understanding of what actually was received. And so this should be encouraging to us. Things like this where we're like, we're that, that, um, what we have we know is from the very earliest texts, right? from what was uh, written by the disciples themselves. And uh, Mark, um, who wasn't one of the original disciples, but he had seen Jesus um, and, and ministered with him. Anyway, I think um, 9 through 20 is exactly what verse 8 wants us to do. Right? There's, some, there's some times where things don't, aren't resolved in our life. And like it's for me when I was um, younger, before the days of the internet, right? I had, there's sometimes I just, I didn't know the answer to a question and it would burn at me all day. I'm like, what could this be? I, I know this is out there, this information's out there and I would just think about it and think about it until it would click or until somebody else told me. Now, if I ever have a question, I'm just like, what does the internet say? And just look up and, and, and I don't have to wrestle with these thoughts of, Oh, what was this thing? I know this thing, and I just have forgotten it right that 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 point of not having resolution is um, is I think something that we're often that, that place where we 're often in in life right? We want to bring about a good ending. We want to see this thing come to fruition there's things that we have to do to make to accomplish those things and this this text is one of those things. Um, another way to think about it is like if someone knocks on your door and they go, "Thank you, thank you." Right? Th- you have to resolve it. You have to finish this because you know that's what comes next, right? Um, and so, what what the author here is doing in nine through twenty is is filling in what obviously comes next. Is they don't stay quiet about their faith. They don't hide in fear. They don't lose focus because they're a little bit confused and didn't work out exactly like they planned, they go and do what the angel has commanded them to do. They live out their faith. They start taking these steps to share the gospel, to do ministry work, to do missions work, right? And I think that's what this is calling us to do, and I think this is a hard thing to do, right? They went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. I think that's a challenge of, of missions. Um, the, the challenge of ministry is our, the fear that we have, right? What will people think? What will they say? What will, how will they react to this message of, of hope and life? That's what they were commanded to do, and that's what was hard to do. And, that, and they left. Not certain. Not sure what they were going to do. Um, and, and I think that for our students at HCA this is the biggest thing for them to overcome, right? They are little lights in a dark place. And yeah, in our, in our classroom, they can talk about their faith, but then they're back in their neighborhoods. And I see too many of them trying to like act like they're grown up and, and act like the big kids and be tough when we just need to be vulnerable and open and, and trust God and be kind and good and not tough. Um, And so my hope is that our students will hear this message of what Jesus has done. That he has conquered death. That he is the great victor. And though we might be scared to step out, though we might not be assured of what is next, that we're not afraid to do that. I I think for so many of us, as maybe not in that HDA situation, but in our situation, our reliance is not so much on um, Christ but our finances, right? That's a place where if that gets threatened, there's fear, there's uncertainty, there's bewilderment there. And God always calls us to trust him, right? Go and tell. Yeah, life, there, and, and, and one way that we tell is by, by giving, right? By sharing our resources with others. Um, and so I think the encouragement over and over again is, yes. This life can be frightening. Yes, it can be confusing. But don't forget this gift that you have in Jesus. Don't forget the power of the resurrection. That he overcame death itself. That power is at work in you. So, what are we afraid of? And these women who were afraid, who were confused, they go and share the good news. They go and tell Peter. They gather in Galilee and Jesus appears to them. And then this ministry, this, this church, spreads the gospel everywhere. We are the beneficiaries of that. My wife often says that the church is always one generation from extinction, right? So if none of our kids believed, it would be done. Except for people go and tell. People share this message. People share what God has done in their lives. And that's what... I think this passage calls to do is don't just sit back. Don't either hide in fear or think it doesn't matter because it's the only thing that matters. And yeah, it can be a little confusing. Yeah, you can have some fear. But our God is bigger than our fears. Um, so... Um, just in conclusion... Uh, kind of summarizing what we talked about the, the fact that Jesus is risen, right? Jesus is overcome. Um, if you look in this, this next section, uh, 9 through um, 20, it's really that's what it's about is, is the gospel going forth, people telling other people that Jesus um, has risen, he's appearing all over the place, right? And there's another commission to go and tell, because that's what always the gospels end with is this reminder because of what Jesus has done, we're now missionaries. Right? We're supposed to go and make disciples, wherever we are. We do that not knowing his plan or how we're going to overcome these problems, right? We don't always know what is going to be next. God doesn't always let us in into exactly how he's working or what his plan is. But as I look back on my life and I see the way that God has worked, that's what gives me confidence to keep moving forward, right? That there's these other times where there was strains in relationships with my kids or even with my wife or in the church that I've been in, right? And there's these things that, that were that seemed tough at the time and then God brought me through. And when I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, God is good, God is faithful, God has done that. And so each time I get into a new situation where it's, it's hard again, I can look back and remember, God is faithful. And that's what God is always telling the Israelites to do. The most given command in the Old Testament is remember. Remember what God has done. Remember when you guys were um, in Egypt and God came through. Remember when you're in the wilderness and God came through. Remember this, remember that. Remember what God has done. He brought you through. So don't be so afraid right now. Don't be so worried. It's just another time that when you get through it, you're going to look back and God's going to be like, hey, remember that? We got through, right? You're okay, right? God is faithful. God is good. And the more we walk with him, the more we see that as we look back. Um, we, the one thing we do know, right? We don't know exactly know how God is going to work this out. But we do know the task. Go, tell, make disciples. And so, again, thank you for partnering with HCA as we get that opportunity to share this message with these students who need it and through them to the communities that need it um and my prayer is that these students have a big impact where god has them right that that there's these bonfires in the darkness not just little candle lights but that through them god works out these different movements throughout um holmesburg and throughout philadelphia and then eventually i know that um one of our students is a former student, now at Cairn. Um, he has gone into pastoral ministry, but I think he's um, switching maybe to missions work, um, but that, that this uh, will spread to the world because of uh, what's happening at HCA. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the last thing, I think, I think fear um, of what could be and the uncertainty that, that um, life sometimes presents us um, that that would be overcome, right? That we would not be silent, that we would not carry out this task because we are afraid of the challenges that will come with it. Right? That's always been the threat of the church, especially the early church, right? There's a lot of fear, I'm sure, in that early church as they were spreading this message, seeing person after person dying for their faith, and yet fear did not overcome. And so, as we have those fears, right, just turn them back over to God, to trust that his salvation, his grace is big enough. He's carried us through things in the past and he will carry us through in the future. So we too can, like those women, go and tell so that others might believe. Amen. Um, I'm gonna close and then we'll do our closing. I'm gonna close in prayer and then we'll do the closing hymn. Um, right. Father God, we... Thank you for your son. We thank you that he accomplished what we could not. We thank you that because of his life, death and resurrection, we might have new life and resurrection in him. Father God, we pray that today um, we would be encouraged, that we would be built up, Lord, that um, this work of missions is not done uh, for any of us, Lord, that we still have people to tell, places to go because of this calling on our lives. Father, we thank you that this is a church that is doing that. This is a church that is supporting your work um, at HCA and pray that you, could, that you would work um, through the teachers, through this church and through those students to spread this message of hope and light in dark places. Father God, we thank you so much for your grace to us and the chance to be reminded of the grace each Sunday and each day.